0: welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics if you're looking for news tips and stories about fishing the great lakes you've come to the right place and now your host chris larson good evening and welcome to this special wednesday night edition of fishhawk live and the great lakes fishing podcast we're going wednesday tonight tomorrow night i'll be celebrating uh my in-law's 60th wedding anniversary. So big night tomorrow night. So tonight we're hanging out with Mark Penner from St. Catharine's Game and Fish Association. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, first off, give us a short introduction about yourself. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. My day job, I'm the, currently the, the manager at
1: Grimsby Tackle. We are uh, you know, a fully equipped, multi-species shop. Just uh, five minutes off the shores of uh, Lake Ontario in the southwest uh, end of the lake. Um, I keep busy uh, doing a, a few volunteer things on the side as well. I'm currently the Vice President of the St. Catharines Game and Fish Association. And uh, I see uh, many of the events that we do. And I'm also involved with a, uh, another club, uh, the Straight Line Anglers. And, uh, also when I have some time, I, uh, compete in, uh, some of the tournaments on Lake Ontario with our, uh, with my friend, uh, Carl, uh, with team two fish.
0: Awesome. We want to talk tonight, uh, a little bit about St. Catharines. Uh, you're the vice president there and you got something coming up here in the next week or two. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with St. Catharines.
1: Yeah, we've got a, a little bit of a busy stretch. These, uh, these next couple weeks, uh, down here on this side of the lake, uh, this weekend coming up, uh, there's the, the King of the Lake uh, Salmon Tournament which is running Saturday and Sunday out of St. Catharines. then next weekend, um, the St. Catharines Game of Fish is running their annual 3x3 Salmon Classic. Um, typically, that event runs during the Canadian May long weekend, Victoria Day, um, in May. But uh, for the second year in a row now, we've uh, rescheduled it due to COVID, and we're going to be running it on the, the Labor Day weekend. You know, in May we have very good fishing down this way, and uh, you know we have good good fishing throughout the summer too. But then uh, we have another uh, peak period uh, at the end of August, early September, with the salmon stage, and uh, begin to run up the the rivers and the harbors. So we figured it'd be a, a good time to uh, run the event then. Um, as well, um, the straight line anglers next Saturday are also doing their uh, catch the fry tournament, which is a one day tournament on the Saturday. And uh, the three by three runs uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And uh, you are allowed to enter the same fish in both tournaments as long as uh, both rules are, are
0: the, the, as long as the rules are followed for both events. Let's talk a little bit about that, Mark. There's a lot of people that are maybe just getting into tournament fishing when it comes to big water fishing. Uh, it's a three by three format. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the rules there and how, the, how that three by three format works. Yeah. So
1: the the nice thing about this tournament and the other one, uh, the, the uh, catch the fry that's running at the same time, is um they're low dollar entry fees and uh, you know it's it's pretty simple. Um, they're great tournaments uh, for um, you know anglers that are wanting to kind of get their feet wet with uh you know competitive uh, fishing. Um, the three by three, it's pretty flexible. It was a format that we kind of uh, came up with um, over eight years ago. Um, we, we kind of looked around and saw some other tournaments that were happening. You know, there's the 3-3-3 the in Michigan, which has been, uh, you know, pretty popular over the years. We kind of saw that. We modified it to kind of suit our needs. So for $50, um, a captain can register their boat, you know, whether they're just a, a wreck angler or a charter captain or anyone. And they can fish whenever they want, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday up until uh, – Three o'clock on Monday afternoon. They can take out whoever they want on their boat, you know, whether it's a charter bringing out uh, his, his crew or just uh, a bunch of buddies getting together to fish. And then the idea is they weigh in their three biggest salmon over the course of the weekend. Uh, they can't upgrade, they only get three fish to weigh in uh, salmon. And uh, the total weight of those uh, three fish will uh, be the winner.
0: All right, Mark, tell us a little bit. I know uh, you brought up COVID earlier. You guys were planning on having the tournament back in May, uh, having it in the fall now this year. Tell us a little bit how COVID has kind of impacted what's going on there. I know uh, I was just up in on Lake Ontario and on Lake Erie about a month ago, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of boats that are going out right along that border, and, and I'm sure it's it's really changed how some people fish the lake. Uh, Tell us how that's kind of impacted your tournament.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, you know, it typically when the, when the border is open, you are allowed to uh, go over and fish New York waters if you want, because we are real close to the, to the border and, you know, the Niagara bar both in the spring and in the fall can have uh, very good fishing. But currently right now we're uh, we're not allowed, allowing people to, to enter fish caught over there because you are not supposed to cross the line but you know we do, often it's not uncommon for uh, boats you know that have their licenses for both ontario and new york state to uh go back and forth on the line uh, you know if, if the fishing uh is pretty good and warrants it
0: yeah so that's the kind of an area. There's a lot of boats on the New York side, a lot of boats running on your side. Is that something that you guys typically see in this tournament? Do you have any New York boats that will typically fish with you in your tournament? Is there typically a a Canadian only show? Yeah, no, we, you know, we, it's
1: always been open to to our American friends to join, but uh, like, uh, usually they, we don't get, uh, any, uh, participants from them. They also usually have other events happening over in, uh, on the New York side in mid-May with their uh, their LOC tournament and, uh, or, or derby and often uh, their Wilson Invitational uh, Conflict. So it's, uh, it's totally understandable why we don't uh, get very much participation from them. But, you know, they certainly are invited to uh, during normal times.
0: This is the 91st year. I know I talked to you uh, before the 90th year last year, and you guys had a bunch of kind of special things going on for the 90th. Uh, Anything special going on for this tournament? What are some of the the highlights of this tournament that you're excited about?
1: Well, for for this tournament in particular, we're excited. Um, Fishhawk has donated a uh, $500 bonus cash prize. So the highest-placing team with their free fish box um, will win uh, $500 cash, and and Trevor and Fishhawk for that. Donation. Uh, if they have a fish hawk unit on their boat, that's a, it's a contingency prize. So if the first place team um, doesn't uh, have a fish hawk on their boat, but the but the, ne- the next highest placing team that can prove that they have had a, a fish hawk on their boat during a competition, um, you know, will win that $500 uh, bonus prize. So we're we're very happy about that. And yeah, last year was our 90th anniversary. Um, thankfully, before a lot of the COVID restrictions came into place, we were able to, to get in a couple uh, a couple key events. So we we're we we're happy for that, and um, we we're we still able to uh, get some other events going. On you know, following guidelines and doing things you know with with distance and, uh, and virtually. So uh, we've we've been able to keep on. So we our clubs uh, got a number of events they do throughout the year. We, we do a number of derbies. Our spring derby, we're most well known for. We've been doing it for over uh, 40 years. It runs in April and May. We uh, we have a tackle share program that we're involved with local libraries. We have a, uh, a salmon uh, pen imprinting uh, stocking projects that we do. We've done tackle swaps. We've got a, a great kids day program. You know, we're doing it virtually again this summer. So we've uh, we've got a great uh, a great team uh, with our association. We've got you know a good. Cast of uh, you know sponsors and, and and supporters as well, which uh, has helped uh, keep things going strong for this long.
0: So yeah, if you needed some some extra motivation to get a fish hawk and you're in that area, this could be it. But uh, I'm sure it's something that you've noticed with uh, working there at Grimsby Tackle. Getting a fish hawk these days is not an easy thing. Uh, tell us a little bit about what what COVID has done as a tackle shop for you guys, uh, how that's affected your business this year.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, well, the last two years, you know, it's, uh, business has been very steady and we're, we are thankful for that. Um, I suppose it's just because people have not been able to do what they have normally, uh, been able to do. Like, uh, you know, many have not, you know, had soccer or baseball during the summers, um, stuff like that. Other, other regular, you know, activities, and Vacations that they would participate in they haven't been able to do but fishing for the most part you you still can do So we certainly have seen a lot of people either getting into fishing for the first time at different ages Or people who maybe used to fish for a while and then forever Whatever reason have gotten out of it. They're uh, getting back into it So it's a it's great to see and uh, you know that kids day program that we've done virtually throughout the summer it certainly has helped, uh, you know, motivate uh, families to get kids out fishing and get kids catching as many different species as possible. So, as far as like uh, in in the store too, yeah, it's it's been a challenge getting uh, some various products from, from different uh, manufacturers. You know, obviously, um, you know, stores were set were selling uh, record amounts, and then uh, this last year, you know, everybody was ordering extra to replace uh, depleted supply, and then. Different manufacturers uh, haven't been able to keep up with everything. So it's, uh, it's, it's been an odd time. It's, it's been a good time, but, you know, a little frustrating in some parts. So.
0: What's kind of been the hot ticket, Mark? Uh, guys come in or gals come in. They're looking to go out and, and bang some salmon out there. What, uh, what's the lure? What's the spoon? What's the thing that you're, you're pointing out that this is what you want to pick up to get out on the lake and, and go catch some nice fish? Yeah, I would say um, Dipsy Divers or you know
1: divers, you know whatever brand, um, they're pretty popular because especially for those that are just kind of getting into uh, Great Lakes trolling, whether it's Lake Erie walleye or Lake Ontario salmon and trout, um, that's an easy way to get people set up for fishing if they're not quite ready to uh, get into downriggers and all the other gear. So you know, with a with a couple of Dipsy Diver setups. Um, you know with spoons and a, and some uh, some flasher flies or you know maybe some worm harnesses too for Lake Erie um, that's an easy way to to get folks uh, up and on some fish they can you know get their lines down and away from the boat and um, yeah I'd, I'd say that's been a, a big ticket item uh, divers in particular the last few weeks have been a little tougher for us to get to from the different brands but uh, it looks like uh, some more are going to be coming uh, down the supply chain in the next week or two where uh very hopeful for 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 the last little bit of the season and um and yeah you're just um yes spoons are are pretty easy you know they're they're speed tolerant and you can catch a number of different fish so that's uh you know what we encourage people to to use a lot and flasher flies are uh, another easy thing for uh, those that maybe want to try and catch some larger salmon as well
0: well, you're a guy with your finger on the pulse of fishing on lake ontario uh you talking a little bit about how things have changed but can you just walk us through a little bit on kind of how uh the seasons kind of go in your neck of the woods down there in that southwest corner of lake ontario what's the fishing like how does it progress throughout the year there
1: yeah so generally most years uh, you know those guys that have a early access to their boats um once we have a thaw and the ramps are you know, available to use, it can be usually middle March, late March most years. And many, many anglers are out uh, trolling the shallows for, for brown trout for a week or two as the water warms up. And then usually the first, second week of April, we, uh, we see some uh, more Chinook and, and coho roll in. And then uh, we have very good uh, salmon fishing uh late late april through may is uh is a peak time down here um you know we've also got the niagara river here so there are anglers that are kind of already fishing throughout the winter and early spring for uh, for steelhead browns and and lake trout as well and then uh you know throughout the summer when the lake sets up uh, it, the fishing can be quite good sometimes there's a, a bit of a transition period in early june while we're waiting for the thermocline to set up and then uh fishing can be quite steady uh, the southwest and uh, up and around to Toronto for uh, most of the summer and then uh, another short uh, transition period usually in early August and uh, we're come we're out of that now and we're starting to see the uh, the staging salmon the matures that are going to be running up the various uh, rivers and into the harbors in these next few weeks so we're uh, that's that fishing is just starting to get good right now
0: the last time I talked to you was back in January of 2020 and uh we were talking a lot about pen rearing projects, and I know it's something that's near and dear to your heart. Um, tell me a little bit about what the return is like in, down in that area in the St. Catharines area. What, what kind of fall return do you guys get down there?
1: Yeah, so uh, in 2009, in that spring, that was the year that uh, the, the St. Catharines Game and Fish, in cooperation with the straight line anglers and uh, many other uh, various uh, supporters, um, we got that project up and running with one pen. Uh, our the project now has four pens. Uh, every year, the amount of fish that we, or, or the fry that are in those pens, it can vary depending on what we're uh, allocated by the Ministry of Natural Resources. And then um, it's been yeah. So that that started in 2009, and back I guess it would have been 2012 would have been the first year that we saw. Uh, the return from those fish when they matured, and uh, we certainly seen uh, an increase and an improvement in the uh, the August and the and the fall fishing, and, um, and that continued I'd say right up until about 2018. Uh, the last two years, um, our, our returns have been a uh, not not as good as we had hoped. There's other factors in play than that. We've had some stocking reductions. Uh, some years, you know, you get some winds that kind of push the fish out and uh, not as many seem to return but there certainly have been a lot of benefits uh from that program since its inception
0: well we were talking a little while ago about new people entering the sport and maybe uh people transitioning from maybe just inland only anglers to getting out and fishing the big water you and i were talking before we went on the air about uh, some of the big fish that have been caught this year seems to be kind of almost a banner year out there this summer uh had a, a salmon in Lake Michigan caught uh, just recently in the last couple of weeks that was uh, over 47 pounds. And you guys have had some, some real giants come out of Lake Ontario here recently. Tell us a little bit about some of those fish that you've seen. Uh,
1: yeah, so those, I think there's been two documented fish, I believe, caught over 40 pounds on the, the north uh, side of Lake Ontario, just a little east of Toronto. Uh, one was caught at the beginning of uh, the one derby, the Silver Salmon Challenge, that started in uh, mid-late June. And that was, I believe, 43 pounds in change. And then there was another one. I think it was caught just before the derby actually started, so it was ineligible. It was also uh, in that 40-pound range. And then there's been a number in the high 30s. Um, there was a 26-pound steelhead that was caught and released. Uh, you know, there's been a couple big cohos that have been caught. We we think that they were hybrids, but still, uh, you know, Big coho and the, the upper 20-plus pounds are a pretty uh, rare rare catch. And, uh, you know, some big browns and big lakers as well. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion on the, what the state of the lake is, you know, with fish population and whatnot. But, um, you know, to see these big, uh, extraordinary fish caught sure, uh, you know, gets the, gets the blood going and is, a, you know, certainly a positive spin.
0: If there are people out there that are, are thinking about making the transition and getting out there and fishing the big water, what, what's kind of your advice to them? Well, what, what I've always suggested, and it
1: kind of ties into what we're talking about right now, um, I've strongly encouraged uh, joining local fishing clubs for, for many years. Uh, it certainly benefited myself and many of uh, you know my friends and others. You know, it's a good time to, to meet local anglers in your area. And uh, you can, you know, network and fish together, share some information. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, you fish some derbies or some, some tournaments together. Or even if you don't even get competitive, uh, you can still, you know, bounce ideas off each other. Because, you know, sometimes there's, you know, a few days or a couple weeks at a time where you're not on the water. And then you, uh, you need to uh, kind of get back to where the fish are. And, you know, thankfully, if you've got some friends that you can rely on. Um, they can point you in the right direction as to kind of what the patterns and locations are. Um, as well, you know, there's just uh, a lot of good stuff that comes from uh, being a club the, the camaraderie and some of the community service and the projects um, that can be done. You know, certainly not everybody has a lot of spare time to, to give these days. You know, it's not ex- uh, expected that, you know, everybody is on every committee and makes every meeting. But, you know, just join a club. And if you can make a couple meetings a year and meet some people, uh, that's great. It's just, uh, it's good for the whole big picture. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that I've joined a, a couple clubs and uh, made some really good friends. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of cool things together over the years.
0: Yeah, I think if anything, it uh, just gives you an opportunity to kind of bounce ideas off of people. And maybe you learn something, you can share that with them. And they learn something, they share it with you. Um, speaking of sharing, if anyone has any questions for Mark, go ahead and drop those in the comments and we, we can get on with that. But Mark, tell us a little bit about, let's get back into the tournament here. Uh, what is it like to put a tournament like this together? And what, what kind of work goes into to putting something like uh, what you guys got going on here? How much work goes into it? And, and what, what's kind of uh, the roles that people have to play? What are the things that need to get done to put something like this on?
1: Sure, yeah, no, it's, there certainly is, uh, you know, a few hours or more that, that goes into it. Um, you know, you got to ar- arrange your, your, your facilities and your rules. You have to get waivers together. You have to, uh, you know, maintain relationships with, with sponsors and to, uh, and, you know, put your prize packages together. Um, you know, it's, it's a labor of love for all of us. Um, you know, we enjoy participating in the events. We like seeing the events go. It's fun when, uh, you know, all of our, friends and just the, the community gets together. So there certainly is a, a bit of legwork that that goes into it. But if you have a strong supporting group, uh, you know, less hands make uh, make less work. So it's it I, I do get a lot of enjoyment uh, out of it.
0: And you fish tournaments as well. And, you know, I, I've never fished a tournament on, on the big lake doing big fishing. Uh, but I've also, but I have done quite a bit of tournaments uh, as far as like fishing ice fishing tournaments that type of thing and there's a lot of prep work that goes into that you can't just show up and and go fishing tell us a little bit about how you prepare for tournaments with your team and what you guys are doing as a week or two before the tournament approaches
1: sure yeah and you know we're just uh into that uh this week now um preparing for for a tournament um you know it usually starts at at least two well you know we we prepare you know all year long, but as you approach a tournament, let's say the week of, you know, you're you're making arrangements uh, if you hadn't already with your, your docks and where you're gonna be staying if you're if it's uh you know if you're out of town and it's not a local tournament, you're you know, you're grocery shopping, you're prepping all your gear. And at the same time you're trying to get in as much pre-fishing as you can and just trying to stay on top of uh you know what what the patterns and the locations are. You're constantly watching uh, wind and weather conditions as they, as they change and as you get closer in the day. So, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, I've been with uh, our team for, I believe this is our seventh or eighth year now together competing. You know, Captain Carl's been at it for for much longer, but uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've made some good memories along the way. We we've learned a lot. You know, we've, we've had some some really cool up periods. We you know, we've had some downs that we've learned from
0: how does the fishing differ if you're going to go out and just go fishing for fun uh how is it different fishing you know casually compared to tournament fishing what is what is that like tell us a little bit about about how that would be different when you head out
1: yeah i think it's just a lot more prep work that goes into it you're you're constantly watching uh, a lot of different things you're constantly watching the weather, you know, water temperature changes, um, gear prep, you know, you're, you're always, you know, checking, the, checking your, your line for weak spots and knots, retying things, having extra things kind of ready so that you can be very efficient with your time. Um, yeah, it's, you're, you're just, you know, I, I do a lot of those things when I'm fun fishing the last few years just out of habit because I've been doing that for a number of years tournament fishing. But uh, it's just um, on, a, on a bigger scale when you're tournament fishing. You're just a, li- a little more aware of uh, everything that's going on. Perhaps, you know, if you're just, you know, going out after work, just fun fishing with uh, nothing on the line, uh, you, you might be a little bit more uh, relaxed about it. But I guess it just kind of depends on, you know, what you put into it.
0: All right, got a question here from Facebook. It's Martin. He wants to know. Uh, are 40 plus pound fish normal on the north side. Uh, do you expect to see some in that 45 class uh, later on this fall?
1: There was a time when uh, 40 pounders were uh, much more common uh, from the late, from the mid 80s through the early 90s, even up until the late 90s. The late, the, I think it was 1999 when the current. Uh, lake ontario record salmon was caught it was a 47 pounder i believe it was i think it was caught off bronte which is you know 20 minutes or so from uh from grimsby where uh, where we are um but no there there's there's certainly i i don't know how many 40 pounders have uh, been documented on the canadian side since that uh, time but there there have been a lot um it's it's hard to say um whether we'll see bigger ones sometimes we seem to think that the the bigger fish come, uh, you know, early July around then, because kind of that's at their their peak feeding, even though they'll still feed up until August now, um, you know, their digestive systems uh, change a little bit, but, you know, it's hard to say, but it sure would be cool if we did see another uh, special fish like that, whether it's on our side or, you know, down by the Salmon River uh, in Oswego, they're known for their big fish as well.
0: Yeah, things have changed on Lake Ontario, and I, I'm pretty new to this, but uh, just from talking to other guys, it, it seemed, seems to me that uh, that was the, the bigger fish were more common. Um, the bait has changed in the lake and, and what, what these fish are eating and what they're doing. Uh, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on how or why the size structure of salmon on Lake Ontario has changed compared to what it was 25 years ago?
1: I think it's just a, a combination of uh, you know, the, uh, the amount of fish that are in the lake versus, you know, what the, the, the bait fish population is like. And also uh, genes and, or genetics also plays a, a, a big thing. Uh, there's some discussion that maybe the, the gene pool in Lake Ontario for the salmon, it's a, it's a little maybe watered down. And, so, and it also depends kind of on what fish uh, they draw the, uh, the eggs from. For when they're uh, uh, getting them from the rivers in the fall for the hatcheries, uh, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, how they always just kind of take the fish that's available and maybe they're not always size specific. So if they're just, you know, take, taking the eggs from, uh, you know, 23 to 25 pound fish, then maybe that's kind of what the what you're going to see, you know, four years later after they hatch. But um, they've been trying a few different things over the years. Uh, more recently, they've been taking uh, wild fish. Uh, eggs from wild salmon returning to the Ganaraska River which is one of the most uh, prolific uh, natural spawning grounds on the Canadian side of Lake Ontario and then they've been uh, putting those fish in at uh, I think at the Credit River which is uh, just a little west of Toronto, a river that used to flourish with uh, spawning success but doesn't so much nowadays so they are trying a few different things to, to shake things up to uh, see uh, a better average size. So. We'll, another couple years and we'll see how that plays out Um, another thing that's been done over the years has been uh, fin clipping so we can also uh, tell um, like in the hatchery they'll clip the adipose fin for uh, fish that are going to be stocked and then you wait it out for a few years and then you'll see um, you know whether the fish you caught has an adipose fin or not if it does have a fin it's you know more than likely to be a wild fish but you know you would get the odd fish that maybe didn't get clipped in a hatchery but yeah, so they they've been trying some different things over the years.
0: What are they, what are you seeing over there, Mark, right now for natural rep reproduction out of the salmon in, in your neck of the woods? I mean, you're talking about adipose fins and seeing that. What do they think uh, they're at right now for natural reproduction?
1: Uh, it's it's hard to say. I, it, um, on the north the north side of Lake Ontario, those uh, those rivers have uh, uh, going more northeast of a. Uh, on the on the shoreline their rivers are better for natural reproduction you know when you go from Toronto then coming around down our way to Niagara there's a very little um, reproduction success um, I think they're saying it's I, I honestly don't want to quote because I can't remember what the number is but they are trying to tell us that uh, there is a fair bit of, uh, of natural reproduction happening and uh, there's a little bit of politics at play um, you know, some people believe that the MNR is trying to get away from salmon stocking and, um, you know, more lake trout and Atlantic salmon because those are like the natural heritage fish of the lake. But um, it, yeah, it's it's hard to say. But I think they are. We are seeing a little more than uh, than we used to in the past.
0: Yeah, that's a tough deal because I think a lot of these fisheries groups, they want to see, you know, kind of those heritage fish. They want to see the lake trout and the Atlantic salmon, but there's a lot of pressure from, from anglers who want to go out and catch the king salmon because they're bigger, <laughs> they're fun to catch, and and it's just and, and the table fare is good as well. Uh, how, how do you think that all balances out when they have to work with, you know, maybe trying to return the lake to what it was like to keeping anglers happy?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a tough balancing act for sure. Um, you know, for over 20 years now they have tried to uh, reintroduce the Atlantic salmon with a very subport, subpar success. Um, you know, they, they continue to put a, a lot of lake trout into the lake. Um, you know, I'm not going to knock lake trout, you know, they're, they're, there are times when they're nice to have for the charter captains, you know, when the, the salmon or the brown rainbow trout fishing can be a little tough, you know. Lake trout are often, I won't say always, but often they're easier to find and, and to, to catch a few. And, you know, they can reach over 20 pounds, which is a, a nice fish for uh, for someone who doesn't get a chance to, to fish very often. So, and, you know, we, we enjoy catching the lake trout too in the wintertime when we're fishing the Niagara River at times. But uh, definitely, you know, the Chinook, the Coho and the Rainbows and, and the Browns are uh, are definitely more desired by uh, by most uh, sport anglers. And, you uh, You know, also, you know, some people believe that the lake trout are eating a lot of the owl too, which, uh, you know, the other more um, prized fish could be uh, feeding on as well.
0: Well, Mark, it was great talking to you. I'm glad that uh, you were able to come on and tell us a little bit more about what St. Catherine's has going on and just talk about the fishery in your area. Is there something that you wanted to talk about tonight that I didn't ask you about?
1: Uh, Yeah, no, just a a couple details about the events uh, for, for next weekend. Um, you can go on, this, on the St. Catharines Game and Fish uh, Facebook page, as well as our website, uh, www.scgfa.ca, and uh, a lot of the info will be there. So the 3x3 is running next weekend. You have until the Thursday night at 5 p.m. to uh, sign up, and that is done online. Again, it's $50 a boat. And for those that want to play for a little extra money, um, optionally, there is a, a side bet being run by uh, Justin from Real Therapy uh, Sport Fishing Team, so it's an optional $300 entry fee and for the, for the top three boxes as well, if, uh, if people want to get in on that. And then uh, the Catch the Fry tournament, which is being run by our, uh, our other local club, the Straight Line Anglers, it's being run on the Saturday uh, from 6.30 until 3 o'clock, and uh, the Game and Fish page will also share all the details for that as well. For that, you can uh, sign up uh, the morning of, and you can depart out of uh, either Port Dalhousie or Port Weller Marina. And then the the weigh-in for that will be at 3 p.m. And for those that want to enter fish in both tournaments, you weigh in for the Catch the Fry tournament first, and then you can uh, weigh in your fish for the 3x3 three three after as well. Another thing, uh, the Game and Fish also have their Fall Derby happening right now, too, and all that information can be found on those, uh, those same places, too. So... Potentially, you can enter uh, the same fish into three different uh, spots next weekend. So, hopefully, we have some w- uh, good weather and uh, the fish cooperate, and we can all have a have a good time at the end of the season. You know, when there hasn't been a lot of regular scheduled events going on.
0: Well, good luck, Mark. I hope uh, that the event is a big success, and I hope that uh, the person who wins has a fish hawk on board. It'd be great to be able to award that extra five hundred bucks to the winner. Thanks for doing this, Chris, and I appreciate all the other
1: podcasts you've been doing throughout the year. They've been uh, great to tune into.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks to Mark, and thanks to everyone for listening and watching, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.